Ebby Stepik was a young woman who just turned 18 a few months before she went missing. She'd been living in Little Rock, Arkansas, when days before her disappearance, she accused four men of attacking her at a party. On October 25th, she called her sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Her older brother, Trevor, in a panic. The details of this call have never been fully unveiled, but this would be the last time anyone heard from Ebby. Her car was found abandoned on the side of the road two days later, but her body wouldn't be found for another three years. The circumstances surrounding the discovery of her body are incredibly bizarre and call into question the entirety of the Little Rock Police Department. So stick around to hear more about how that played out. So before we really get into it, I just want to say if you hear a bunch of like crunching and rattling in the background, I apologize for that in advance. I'm on puppy duty today, so I can't really do much about that at the moment. But let's get into it. Ebby Stepik had been attending a private school in Little Rock, Arkansas during her final high school years. However, for her senior year, she wanted to transition to a public school and decided to begin attending Little Rock Central High School. As someone who grew up a very short distance away from Little Rock, I can attest to the fact that this was an extremely bad idea. Little Rock is known for being one of the most violent and generally unsafe cities in the country. But to each their own, it seems that Ebby just wanted to have a more normalized high school experience, rather than the sheltered and filtered experience that often comes with being enrolled in a private school. Around this same time, Ebby also decided to move out of her parents' home. She didn't have anywhere in particular to stay, so she often ended up staying with her grandparents or her friends. On October 21st, Gabby's school reported that she didn't show up as planned. However, just a few days later, she'd spoken with friends and said that she was excited about the evening of October 23rd and planned to spend it at a party. The party came and went, and Abby would show up the following morning at her mother's house. Once she arrived, her stepfather realized that she was incredibly upset. Abby would deliver her parents news that is every parent's worst nightmare. She'd been attacked at the party by four men who forced themselves on her. Worse yet, the entire event was captured on someone's cell phone camera, and video footage quickly spread to her peers. Later that evening, Ebby's mother and stepfather tried to call her phone, but she didn't answer. They believed that she had left their home in search of someone who had access to the video so that she could save it and share it with police. She had expressed interest in wanting to file a police report, but in order to do so, she would need evidence as well as names of the men who she believed may have been involved. Later that night, two calls were placed to the Little Rock Police Department from Ebby's phone, but these calls lasted less than one minute each. However, after the family spoke with the police department, they denied that Ebby had ever filed a police report, so no one knows what these calls would have been about. Later on that evening, her cell phone records showed that she'd been in contact with several of the men who had attacked her the night before, and she openly spoke with them about her desire to report them to the police. Just as a side note before really going any further, 
If you ever have plans to report someone to the police, by no means should you ever tell that person that you plan on reporting them. Just report them. That's all it takes. By telling them what your intentions are, you're only placing yourself in harm's way. And sadly, Ebby would soon learn this the worst way possible. The last time anyone spoke to Ebby, her brother had received a call from her. The call came in at around 2 p.m. on October 25th, the day after she'd revealed her plans to go to the police. During the call, her brother Trevor noticed that she sounded very disoriented. We don't know if this meant that she sounded drunk, confused, or maybe under the influence of something. In the call, she told her brother that she was parked outside of his house. But when he went to the door, she wasn't there. He looked around and her car was nowhere in sight. He called her back and she explained that she didn't really know where she was. She said that she had just parked her car, but when looking around, she didn't recognize her surroundings. At this point, she would speak the last words her brother would ever hear from her. I messed up. After this, the call went dead and no one ever heard from Ebby again. On October 27th, two days after her disappearance, a security guard was on patrol in a West Little Rock neighborhood when he stumbled across Ebby's car. He mentioned that the car was parked near the woods at a neighborhood park and he immediately recognized it as the missing vehicle that police had been looking for. He called the Little Rock Police Department and they said that they would send an officer to check it out. The security guard waited for two hours, but the police never came. He eventually left and continued with his daily patrol, assuming that police would check on the car later on. However, when he patrolled the neighborhood the following day, the car was still there and there was no evidence that police had ever arrived. He called the police once again, and within an hour, they showed up. And when they searched the car, they found that the keys were still in the ignition, but the battery had died and the gas tank was completely empty. No one knows why the car had been parked there, but if Ebby had been under the influence of something when she said she had last driven the vehicle, it's possible she mistook this neighborhood for her brother's neighborhood and simply got lost and ran out of gas. Police showed up to the area and conducted several searches of the nearby woods. They came up empty-handed each time. Police spoke with each of the men who Ebby had accused of taking advantage of her, but officers never placed any charges against any of these men either. They all were allowed to walk free without ever going to trial or being questioned any further. To make matters worse, police didn't even search their phones for video evidence, even after Ebby's parents had told them that a very graphic video of the event had been recorded by these men. If this doesn't make your blood boil, I don't know what will. We've covered several instances of police screw-ups on this channel before, but this takes things to a new level. A young girl is missing. She had intentions of filing charges against these four men. The girl's parents told officers exactly who the men were and what they had done, and they just let them walk away. In an attempt to help keep the case moving forward, Ebby's parents reached out to Dr. Phil in 2017, and they were given a slot on his show. Even though the show was as successful as any other Dr. Phil episode, no tips ever came in, despite the family offering a $50,000 reward for information. After initial searches of the park where Ebby's car was found were conducted in 2015, officers returned once again in 2018 to conduct one final search. They didn't find anything in the woods. However, a drainage pipe near where her car had been found had never been searched before. As officers looked inside, they found the skeletal remains of Ebby Stepek. It's at this point that, in my honest opinion, the blame in this case needs to be passed off to the Little Rock Police Department. 
That's because the drainage pipe that her body had been found in was less than 60 feet away from where her car was found. Yet no one happened to see it the many times they'd searched the area before. To make matters worse, a coroner also said that she had likely died around the time that her car was originally discovered. Officers also claimed that they took search dogs to the area to look for human remains. Yet they claimed these dogs didn't find anything. Though this is absolutely untrue, and it doesn't appear that a canine search was ever conducted. According to a close friend of the Stepik family named Margie Folly, she'd shown up to the park just days after Ebby went missing. She said that as soon as she stepped close to the woods, she caught a strong smell of decomposition. If dogs had been brought to the area, they would have definitely picked up on this odor. As would the officers who allegedly searched the area as well. Margie says that she spoke with officers about this at the time, but they refused to listen to her. Instead, they dismissed her claims and insisted that the smell must have belonged to an animal or something. That's using their exact words. Still to this day, no one has faced justice for this crime. Not only for the likely crime that ended up with Ebby being placed in a drainage pipe, but also for the crime that was carried out against her in the days leading up to her disappearance. Though I would like to propose one theory that may explain how she ended up in the pipe. At the moment, we have no idea if officers found any indication that she lost her life due to foul play. Though with how the police department has acted up until this point, I don't know that I would personally trust their word regardless, but think back to the day that Ebby went missing. Her brother mentioned that she sounded confused and disoriented and couldn't tell whose house she was even at. One theory that I'll propose is that if Ebby showed up to the wrong neighborhood and was disoriented because she was under the influence of something, that may explain the whole situation around her death. And it could have been a simple accident. For example, let's just assume that she was drunk at the time that she made the calls to her brother. If that's true, she could have exited the car that day and just left it running without realizing. That would explain why the tank was completely empty, and it would also explain the dead battery, because when a car runs out of gas, the accessories and whatnot won't just turn off. They keep running until the keys are taken out or the battery dies. Well, in Ebby's case, officers explained that the key was still in the ignition and the battery was dead, so that explains that. When she told her brother that she messed up, it's possible that after everything she'd gone through, she'd either gone off and gotten drunk to mask the pain, or worse, there's a chance she could have even wanted to take her own life after everything she had been through. Regardless, there's a chance that whatever caused her to be disoriented may have also caused her to crawl into that drainage pipe of her own accord. I've heard of countless cases of drunk people ending up in the strangest places, and this case may be no different. Once she was inside the pipe, she could have passed away from alcohol poisoning or even from another substance that officers or her family may not have even known about. Whatever the case may be, keep in mind that this is merely a theory. At the end of the day, no matter what led up to her death, the four men who took advantage of her on that evening in October need to be held accountable for what they did. But with the state of the Little Rock Police Department, it's unlikely we will ever see any more progress in this case. However, in October of 2021, her case was given to a new investigator with the LRPD. We'll just have to wait and see if anything else happens and if any more progress is actually made.
But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.